As you were listening to the scripture read in the Gospels there, you go to those last two verses and there's people that are divided about who Jesus is. Some say that uh, you must be crazy. He's talking about God speaking to people and that he is God himself. And then uh, the other people thought, well, this guy isn't sound like a raving lunatic because who, how could he open the eyes of the blind? And so this happened right after somebody was healed of, of blindness. And so there's this discussion going, but the main topic is, is that God speaks to his people. And God has a way of communicating to us. And he is a shepherd, and if you're his sheep, you will hear his voice, and you will be able to follow him. And that's an amazing truth. I mean, a lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people don't understand that. And in fact, they'll say, it's okay to pray to God, but to hear God speak to you, you've got to be mentally ill. Well, I'll tell you, I'm mentally ill. <laughs> if that's your definition. Because God has spoken to me so many times in my life, and I'm sure he has spoken to you if you're a follower of his. And the thing is, that when God speaks into our lives and we follow his prompting and his leading and what he says in his word and we begin to understand how he is guiding us and leading us, it makes a tremendous different difference in our life. I can't imagine living life without hearing God speak to me. And I hope you don't regret listening to the Lord because one of the most important things for us as people of God, is to hear and understand how God speaks to us. So today, I want to talk about that today. It is so important. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, our golden verse, talks about this. In fact, the whole book of Hebrews says, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Why would he say that? Because we have a way of hearing and then dismissing what God is saying to us. And when that happens, our hearts become hardened. And the next time we hear the voice of God, it's, we, and, we re, and we say, uh, we dismiss it again, the harder and harder it becomes to hear the voice of God. And so, as somebody told me, you only get up to bat so many times in the game especially in your salvation, your call to come to know Jesus Christ. And if you keep on resisting that calling for you to come to know him in a deeper and a more intimate way, the harder your heart will get. And that's why some people, they have this great experience. They hear God speak, but then they don't take any action. And it's sad to see when that happens. But in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and 2, it says this, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he's spoken to us by his Son. Now you think about that. How has God spoken in the past in a, many various ways at many different times? And if you think about it um, uh, just quickly as you go through the Old Testament, you see God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, speaking to them and saying, You can eat of any fruit from any tree except that one, the knowledge of good and evil, and what do they do? They hear God, but they don't follow what God says. Then the next chapter, after they're taken out of the garden, 
they have children and Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain gets jealous of Abel, but yet God comes to Cain and speaks to him and says, Cain, sin is crouching at the door of your heart. Its desire is to master you, but don't do what it's telling you to do. And so Cain hears the voice of the Lord, but he ignores it. He dismisses it. He kills his brother. The first murder. And then you have God speaking, and there's people that do listen. You have the life of Abraham, who has angels that come to him and speak to him, and visions and dreams, and he listens to what God is doing. He holds on to God's promise, and then his life is blessed. And then you have other people that have visions and dreams. Jacob and Joseph, and then Daniel. So many times in the book of Daniel, you'll see that he has these dreams and visions, and then God gives him the interpretation. Even other people have dreams, and they come to Daniel, like the king Nebuchadnezzar, and then he's able to interpret it and tell them what's going on in their lives. Amazing that God spoke to Daniel so clearly. And then there's times when God brings a prophet to a specific area, like Jeremiah. He says, go down to the potter's house. So Jeremiah obeys. He goes down to the potter's house. And while he's down at the potter's house, God said, and he observes this potter making this uh, pot. And then it, fall, it, it folds in his hands. And it's, it just becomes a lump again. And then he has to remake it again. And then God says, that's my people. If they'll listen to me, if they mess up, I can recreate them. I can help them. I can restore them. And so, and he reminds uh, Jeremiah, I'm the potter. You're the clay. And so that, in that place where Jeremiah goes, he, he hears God speak. Sometimes when you're in a place, you will hear God speak. Could be here today. I hope you hear God speak to you today. And that you respond to him. And then there's miracles that happen in the Bible. There's strange things that happen. We talked about Moses a few weeks ago who had this uh, experience, a bush that is on fire. He's a shepherd and he sees this bush set on fire and he goes up to check it out. And then he hears this voice coming out of the bush and it's God speaking to him. And so then he begins to listen and have a conversation with God. Amazing. Now, if Moses would just walk around and say, look for burning bushes everywhere he went, he probably wouldn't have a relationship with God because God only did that one time. If you go around looking for a burning bush, you're probably not going to hear from God, right? <laughs> Unless you've got something that's going on that I don't know. I remember at our old church, we had a burning bush. We actually did. We left the Christmas lights on it, and we put Christmas lights on the burning bush, and the snow came, and it uh, put so much weight on the wires that they separated, and the bush started on fire. When I got there the next day, there was nothing left of the bush. It's amazing the church didn't burn up. I think God was speaking to me, don't put Christmas lights on the bush. But I'll tell you, there's many ways that God speaks. He speaks through prophets, through people that they have this ability to hear God's message and be able to then share it with others. 
And in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about a prophet's calling. And he introduces the idea of prophets. If, if they have a message from God, listen to them. If they don't have a message from God, but they say they're from God, then stay away. In fact, it says you should kill them. Elijah, the prophet, was a great man of God. He was a prophet. And so he understood that God spoke to him. And he understood that he needed to go to the king who was rebelling against God. And he told him, tell the king that I'm going to cause a drought for three years. And so Elijah obeys. He goes up to the king. There's not going to be any water or anything for three years. It's going to be dry in the land of Israel. And Elijah prays and there's no rain for three years. The king gets upset at Elijah. He tries to find him. He goes after him to kill him. Because he wants this drought to end, but he can't ever find Elijah. And so then uh, Elijah goes and he says, at the end of three years, God says, okay, I'm going to let it rain again, but I want you to get all the false prophets together, and I want them to have a contest with me. It's going to be the prophets of Baal and Asherah against you, Elijah, 900 to 1. And Elijah says, okay, Lord, whatever you want. He obeys the voice of the Lord. And he lets the prophets of Baal and Asherah go first. And they do all of their dancing. They cut themselves. They dance around the altar. They're asking for God to send fire from heaven down and consume the, uh, the sacrifice. And nothing happens. Elijah is sitting there saying, what happened? Is your, God, is your God in the toilet? It literally, it says that in the Bible. That's what Elijah says. Is your God outtaking, you know? And so uh, then it's Elijah's turn. And he just says one prayer. He says, Lord, show the people that you are God. And fire comes down from heaven and it burns up the sacrifice. This is after he pours so much water on it that it couldn't be humanly possible for anything to start that sacrifice. And God shows himself. Then all the people get so excited and it says, the Lord is God, the Lord is God. And all the other prophets that were there, that were the enemies of the Lord's people, that, that, that had taken advantage of them, that had stolen from them, that had deceived them, the people go and they kill all those prophets. Well, the queen hears about it. And she says, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. If I catch you, I'm going to kill you. And Elijah, this great man of faith, all of a sudden, at that moment in his life, he gets scared and he begins to run away and he runs far, far away, and finally he comes to this place in a cave, and he hears the Lord's voice again. You know what God tells him? What do you ask him? What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? See, Elijah had been a great person of faith, but then he forgot that God was the one who was in control of everything. And so the narrative goes on in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, and it about Elijah then having this conversation he goes outside into the presence of the Lord and the Lord causes a, um, a powerful wind to come and it cracks the rocks in the mountain it's so powerful but the Lord isn't in the wind and then he sends an earthquake and everything starts to shake but the Lord isn't in the earthquake and then he sends a pillar of fire, and fire comes in, but the Lord isn't in the fire. And then all of a sudden, there's a whisper, and Elijah gets quiet. Elijah, what are you doing here? 
And God begins to speak to him. You know what was with Elijah? He was looking for God to speak in all the dramatic ways, and he forgot that God can speak to him wherever he is at. And that's something I think that we forget too. That it doesn't have to be miraculous for God to speak to you. God can speak to you while you're driving in your car. God can speak to you when you're walking along the way. But you've got to be willing to be listening and you have to be in the Word of God. Because when God says something, it's going to line up with His Word. I don't know how many people I've talked to that got this idea, crazy idea, that God was telling them to do something when there was no way because it didn't line up with the Word of God. It just didn't line up with the Word of God. And so, but I've also saw people that really heard from God and they stepped out in faith and God was with them and they met God in a very powerful and personal way and they saw God's glory and His work in their lives. You know, it's not, it's not as important uh, as uh, in knowing all the ways God has spoken to us in the past. I mean, you could list them out. You could, get, you could answer all the questions through dreams, visions, whispers. But the most important thing is that God does speak to us today. This ultimately leads us to a deeper relationship with him based on his love. Only after establishing a relationship with God will he begin to invite you to join him in his work. What you do with these assignments are crucial to coming to know God in a deeper and a personal way. So if you dismiss what God is saying, you're going to be falling away and feel distant from God. And a lot of people tell me, I, you know, I just don't hear God speak to me anymore. I, I, I just feel like I don't understand what you're talking about here, Pastor. I just haven't heard from God. And the reason it could be is because you've drifted away from what he said to you. It could be months ago or years ago. You still haven't followed through on what he said. And so the thing to do is to come back and humbly say, God, I want to hear you speak to me again. Whatever you say, I will do. And so even in our passage today in John chapter 10, Jesus goes and he says, my sheep know my voice. And then he begins to tell them what this means. And the religious people just don't get it. They're so used to just doing what they do based on their religious views and their rules that they don't have a relationship with God. They just do, try to do the right thing. You say, what's wrong with that? Everything's wrong with that. Because if you don't have a relationship with God where you're depending on Him and you understand that He loves you, then you're always trying to please Him by obeying Him and you're never doing enough. You never feel like things are, are good enough or you're good enough. And so a lot of people live in condemnation or fear. Or they do so much better than other people that they look down at other people that aren't uh, as good a rule keepers as they are. But there was something different. Jesus was talking about a shepherd and sheep relationship. And he says this, Therefore, Jesus said to them, verse 7, Very Truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters 
through me will be saved. And they'll come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus gives this picture here of him being the shepherd, we being the sheep, and he leads us in and out to different transitions in our life. And when he does that, and we understand that, we can have a full and a rich life. You know, it's been 40 years, over 40 years, since I first surrendered my life to Christ. It's been a long time. Uh, you know, I confessed my sin. I asked him to be my Savior and Lord. And, you know, as I look back in my life, sometimes his leading has been crystal clear. I've heard him speak so clearly about certain things. And when I've obeyed that, God just seems to open up doors and his presence and his power and the work that he wants me to do becomes so clear. And I know there's people here that have, you've experienced that. But I tell you, there's times when it hasn't been so clear. Or maybe I've gotten confused. But I'll tell you, I've never regretted being led by the prompting and the leading and the voice of God. I've never regretted that. Because when God begins to speak into your life, and he'll do it maybe through a whisper or through a, a, a thought or through a sense of understanding, this is the way you should go, walk in it. This is what you should do. This is how much you should give to the Lord's work. There's many different ways that God prompts us and speaks to us. And when we obey that voice, when we understand it's the voice of God, and we begin to step out in faith, it's amazing to see our relationship grows, our faith becomes more real and stronger and deeper, and we begin to walk with God, and we begin to change. Our life begins to change. And you know, the reason is, is because Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one that works in our lives. Look at Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. David wrote this psalm, and it's a psalm that we read usually at funerals. But I'm telling you, it is the, the story of David's life, of how God was at work in his life, leading him and guiding him. He restores my soul. Why? Because he's leading me and guiding me and I have a relationship with him and it affects my soul. It restores me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when it's the most difficult, the shadow of the valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You see, Jesus was reminding his people, I'm the good shepherd. You're my sheep. You're the... You're the sheep of my hand. And those that know me can hear my voice. I am the good shepherd in verse John chapter 10, 14 and 15. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And this is where that relationship begins. It begins at the cross. It begins when you recognize that your sin is what put Jesus on the cross. Your sin and my sin is what put Jesus on the cross. 
And he took the punishment for our sin, but it's a gift. God gives us a gift of forgiveness when we humble ourselves and say, God, I really need you in my life. I want you in my life. I want you to lead me. I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus is the one. It begins at the cross. Jesus is the one that we need to listen to. Now, I'll tell you, being in ministry for uh, 40 years or so, I've seen people get detoured on this voice of the Lord, trying to hear the voice of the Lord. And they've gotten detoured if they've gone down a wrong path. And I want to give you some ways that people have done this and make sure that you don't go down these detours. And the first one is, I will only, I, I will only know it's God speaking to me if I see a miraculous sign. Uh, you know, I had a friend once that really believed this, that he thought that the only way he would, was going to come to believe is if God came to him personally and he saw him. So I prayed, Lord, okay, Lord, you've got to come and show Mike that you're real. And so this guy is walking along the railroad tracks, and he was doing drugs. I will admit this. He was doing drugs. He was my friend who was doing drugs. And, uh, but he looked up, and he saw a vision of Jesus. And he saw Jesus on the cross with the crowns in all the scenes of war and famine and children starving, all passing behind Jesus, and Jesus crying. And I wasn't with him when he saw this, but he came to me the next day. He said, Al, I saw Jesus. I said, are you going to believe now? He goes, no. I was probably hallucinating. I needed to see more. I'll tell you, I don't think that guy has ever come to faith in Christ. Why? He dismissed it. And he hardened his heart. Now, maybe he did. I hope he has. But some, some people, after they become a Christian, they don't want to take the time to read God's word daily. So this is what they do. They're, they're coming, you know, they've they got to make a big decision in their life. And so they play Bible roulette. And they, they go like this, and they, and they point down at the verse, and they read it. Have you ever done that? I did that when I was first. I was first a believer. I used to do that. I used to say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Ah, oh, okay. You heard about the person that did that, right? And then, and then it said, Judas went out and hung himself. And then they said, oh, that can't be it. Point another verse. Go and do likewise. That gets confusing when you do something like Bible roulette. Or when you're just trying to, you know, you're desperate. You know, why, you know why we get desperate? It's because we haven't been spending time in prayer or the Word of God. And then a situation comes upon us where we really need insight from God and we panic. Uh, I'll call up the pastor. I'll call up the spiritual leader. I'll call up my counselor. And then we panic because we don't know what God wants us to do. And the reason is, is because we haven't been listening. We haven't been in relationship with God. We've neglected that. And so God, especially in those times, he wants to be teaching us. Another thing is that we wait for open and shut doors. Have you ever heard somebody pray this? I've heard this happen. Pastor, I'm going to go out 
I really believe I'm supposed to buy that house and the new car. And I'll say, really? But can you afford it? No, but I'm, I'm trusting God. I, I really believe God wants me to have a nice house and a new car. And then a, a few months later, come back and the person's totally in debt. They were in debt before they even went to buy the house. And the Bible says, don't be in debt. Don't become a servant to a lender. Don't be tied up in so much debt that you are bound up in debt. And so making a decision like that is just not wise. But if you know the word of God, many times God will speak to you. He'll bring back those verses and those principles. And that's God speaking to you. Take hold of that. Another one is I'll only listen to this special teacher. I mean, I love certain teachers. I, I love reading books by Rob Reamer, Henry Blackaby. Part of this sermon is based on Henry Blackaby's teaching and uh, experiencing God. Um, I love Bill Hybels. I, there's a lot of different authors that I read. You see my office. If you go in there, there's a lot of books. I, I love books. I love to teachers and different people. But if I only seek after one particular teacher, you know what's going to happen? And this has happened. They let you down somehow. You're going to be let down. The only person that won't let you down is Jesus Christ. Some people say, I can only listen to this pastor. I can only listen to this teacher. This, this is the only church I can ever go to. And the, re the thing is, God wants you to have a relationship with him. God wants you to have this relationship with him. There's no substitute for a person coming humbly to God and saying, God, I want to hear from you. My ears are open. I'm ready to listen and follow what you tell me to do. But please show me. Lord, I'll get into your word. I'll read it every day. Speak to me. You know, there's times when God will give you, and I, I truly believe this, God will give you a, um, a, uh, a verse that you can build your life upon. And I hope you have a verse, a couple verses in your life that have been very meaningful, that God has used in your life, and you hold on to. For me, it's Acts 6-4, but we will give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. God gave me that when I was 19 years old. I remember the place where he gave me that scripture. I was in a worship service, and the, everybody was singing, and God says, sit down, listen to me. And I opened up my Bible. It was a little Bible roulette, I think. <laughs> no, it was. But I opened up, and I got impressed with, look at Acts 6-4. I didn't know the Bible that well, but I was impressed with Acts 6-4. And I went to look at that verse, Acts 6-4, and sure enough, it said that, but we will give ourselves a prayer in the ministry of the word. And then the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about that. What would that mean for you, Al? That would mean for me to become a man of prayer. That would mean for me to become a teacher of the word. And so that was my calling. Now, when I get discouraged in ministry, you know what God brings back to me? Acts 6, 4. Do you remember what I called you to? Do you remember what I said to you? 
For other people, it's, you know, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So maybe it's when I get anxious, I'm going to pray with thanksgiving. For others, it can be many different verses that God has given you. But you hold on to them. They become some of the very words that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance at a certain time in your life, and it will be the thing, the way that God speaks to you. So it's memorizing the Word, it's knowing the Word of God, it's understanding the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to speak to you. And what that happens, listen and then take action. The tough part is this, you've got to have the guts to respond to God when He speaks to you. A lot of people hear from God, but then they forget what He just said. And some people that say, Pastor Al, that was a great sermon, but by Monday they've completely forgot it. I even forget my messages sometimes. What did I preach on last week? Oh, I didn't preach. Ray did. But you, you understand what happens is that we, we so easily forget what God has said, and so sometimes I'll write it down. When God is speaking to me, I'll keep a journal, I'll write it down, I'll go back over it and, and hear what are the things that God was impressing me in. What scripture, what promises were impressed upon me by the Holy Spirit when I was reading them? Amos 8.11, he gave this warning to the people of Israel. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine of hearing the words of the Lord. It is though the people could not hear the word of the Lord anymore. They had resisted so much that they no longer took God's word seriously. And it was a famine in their soul. A very dangerous place to be. But I'm so glad that God has promised us the Holy Spirit to be within us. That was the Old Testament. The New Testament says this, that when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our life and He reminds us of God's Word and speaks into our life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 Chapter 2, verses 10, 10 and 12. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? I don't know what you're thinking of right now. You could be thinking of what's going to be on TV this afternoon. I don't know. But the Spirit knows. Your spirit knows what you're thinking. The Holy Spirit knows what God is thinking and will communicate it to you. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So there's this relationship with the Holy Spirit and the voice of God speaking into our lives. And if we don't understand that or don't experience that, then our soul can shrivel up or our relationship with God can seem very, very distant. 
This is why I believe Jesus, when he was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he, he ends it and he, he invites people into this relationship with God. He said, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. So there's this invitation. Yes, call on God. Tell him that you want to listen to him. Knock on his door. Open up your heart to him. So how are we going to be aware of how God speaks to you today? The first thing is the word of God. It's personal time with God. It's attending, and I've talked about this already, it's spending time in God's word and allowing him to speak into your life. Another way is through prayer. It's just praying what God has spoken to you. So as you're reading the word of God, and uh, today I was reading uh, Psalm 94, and I, I read through the Psalms, uh, I read the Psalms almost every day. That, that's kind of my, the way that God speaks to me. So I'll read the book of Psalms. I'll read on, today is March 4th, right? So today I'm March 4th, so I'll read the 4th Psalm. Then I'll add 30 to it. I'll read Psalm 34. So I'll read Psalm 4, Psalm 34. Then, and when I get done with that, when I get done with that month, I'll go back and I'll read, okay, now I'm going to go into the 60s. So I'll read Psalm 64 and Psalm 94. This is what Psalm 94 said. Unless the Lord had given me help... I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Your consolation brought me joy. And I started to think about that. Isn't that so true? When we feel like we're slipping, when anxiety grips our heart, if we go to the, if we go to the Lord, his consolation changes that into joy. He has the ability to do that. Another way that God speaks to us is through circumstances. He does open up doors for us. If you are, you know, if, if you have the gift of playing the piano, God could open up the door for you to be on our worship team. In fact, the door is wide open. Right? We didn't have piano today. Doors wide open. Chris was playing the keyboard, but the, the doors are wide open. There's certain things. That, but if you don't play the piano and you say, I'm, I believe God wants me to play the piano. And I've seen people do this. I'm going to play the bass. And then they get on the bass and they go, bub, 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 bub. what are you playing? The person doesn't even know how to play the bass. But they're trying to play the bass. No. God didn't open up that door. We're closing it right now. So God has a way of showing you his will. If you're good in science and God has placed with you in a desire to help people, maybe God is calling you to be a doctor. That's, a, that's something that he's placed within you, given you the ability to go through the studies, and maybe God is leading you to be a doctor. That is a wonderful profession. You can help people. Uh, you know, to understand how God is leading you, how he's made you, how he's created you is so important. 
to see how he's going to lead you in the next step. And the other thing is godly counsel. There are people that know you well. And if you sense that you have a prompting from God about something in your life, maybe it's transitioning out of a job, maybe it's getting married. I've seen this happen before. Hey, I want to get married. How long have you known the person? Two weeks. Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. So, if, but if you know that person, you can speak into their life. And if they know you, you can allow them to speak into your life. If, they're, if they know the word of God and they know you, that you can receive godly counsel. It can help you discern if the voice you were hearing was God's voice or the prompting you were getting was from, coming from the Holy Spirit. Seek out counsel if you're confused at what is the next step to take in your life or in your career. So those are four ways to be aware, more aware of how God is at work in your life. And I hope that you'll consider that. And, and you know what it is? It takes time. We have to carve out time to listen to God. You know, I wish that God would just appear to us and speak to us, or we could just turn it on like a TV. Oh, what do you got? What do you want me to do today? But no, it doesn't happen like that. He says, seek me and you'll find me. Knock and the door will be open. Ask and you'll be giving. So there's this relationship that God wants to develop with you. That's the beautiful thing. He just doesn't want to tell you what to do. He wants you to hear him. First of all, he wants you to be convinced that he loves you and he's forgiven you. That's the kind of servant that he wants. Somebody that's so convinced that they're forgiven and that they're loved, then they can go out and love and forgive other people and really shine for Jesus. So he is so much wanting to speak to us and work in our lives. And so today, as we come to the communion table, as our worship team comes up, you know, just let's, let's come before the Lord and humble ourselves before him and let him speak to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word to us today. Thank you that you still speak today. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, you have a way of speaking into our lives, of drawing us closer to yourself. Lord, I know that you've spoken to many people here today. Lord, I pray that we would not dismiss what you say, but we'd be open to listening to your voice. We pray that you would uh, open our hearts. And Lord, that we would have the courage and the confidence to respond to you. That we would take action at what you say. We pray this in Jesus' name.